Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Irvindale. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Christ Jesus. Today we conclude Mike's message on Luke. Satan says, in effect, skip all that. Uh, Listen, there's no need to suffer. There's no need to wait. Listen, I've been given authority over the earth and I can give it to whomever I please. So look, Jesus, just just, just bow down before me and, and, and give me just a little worship. It doesn't have to be a lot, just a little. Just bow down here and acknowledge that I am something worthy of worship. And, and I'll give it all to you right now. Now, I like shortcuts, and I'm assuming that you like them as well, especially uh, when they get us where we need to go easier and faster. But I've discovered in my life that some shortcuts end up making things harder than following the tried and true path. And that leads me to truth point number three, which is so important for us this morning. And it's this, that there is no shortcut in God's predetermined plan. No shortcut. There is no shortcut. There's no shortcut to spiritual maturity. There is no shortcut uh, to, to, to learning about the spiritual gifts or employing the spiritual gifts or, or overcoming sin or, or, or having a good marriage or anything else, being a good parent, being a good... No shortcuts in God's predetermined plan. The path he chooses is perfect to get us where he wants us to go. Now, granted... That plan, that perfect plan of God's is not always easy, nor is it even always pleasant to our flesh. In fact, many times when we're going through his plan, it feels very painful. It feels very, uh, I don't want anything to do with this. Can't I get out from under this difficulty? Can't I make this easier and faster? But when we follow his plan, It will lead us to the place of greater conformity to his image and true joy of the soul. For those of us who find ourselves struggling sometimes with God's plan and we don't understand why, I encourage you not to try to get out from under. I encourage you rather to stand your ground. To declare that God's plan is good and he is leading you and he is teaching you through those difficult times. And he will deliver you at the appointed time. Until then, trust him and walk with him and don't seek to get out from under. I want you to take note of how Jesus deals with this temptation. Again, we find he did not argue. He does not lay down a curse on Satan. Instead, we find him doing the same thing he did before. He stands his ground on the inerrant truth of God's word. He says, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. So Satan now has been rebuffed in his temptations twice by the word of God. In this third temptation, we find that Satan knows something about the scripture. He's not ignorant of what has been written. And he he takes the word that he knows and he seeks to employ it for his wicked purposes. 
Luke tells us that he takes Jesus to the temp, to the pinnacle of the temple, which actually overlooks the Kidron Valley. And the drop from there to the valley floor is about 400 feet, so they say. And Satan throws out this temptation to Jesus. If you're the son of God, throw yourself down from here. <laughs> Why would Jesus do that? Why would Satan think that's even a temptation? Well, let me tell you, because Psalm 91 verses 11 and 12, which are a messianic psalm and apply to Jesus, state that the Messiah will be protected by God, that his angels will have guard over him lest he bash his toe on a stone. In other words, God's going to be so attentive, he's not going to let anything happen to his precious son, his precious Messiah. And Satan is hoping that Jesus will bite on that. The temptation there is for Jesus to prove now that God's word is true. He's being challenged to prove. And, and so, so Jesus jump and, and let's see the father in action. Because if you are the son of God and you jump, no harm's going to come to you. God will rescue you and everyone will know then who you are and will be willing to follow you. Now, Satan doesn't twist the scripture here. He quotes it accurately right out of the inspired scriptures. It is true that God supernaturally protected Jesus from harm. That is, until the appointed time for him to suffer as our Savior. But that supernatural protection was not meant to be presumed upon by flesh-based actions. In other words, that supernatural protection was not there so that you could salve your wounded ego as Satan keeps saying, if you are, if you are, if you are. Okay, I'm going to prove it. So I'm going to do something. I'm going to throw caution to the wind and just jump and show you. It wasn't designed for that. It wasn't intended for that. And it wasn't even intended. This protection was not intended for Jesus to use a silly uh, action to, to prove the veracity of Scripture. The fact is, is that Jesus had nothing to prove to Satan. He had nothing to prove to anyone. Jesus lived for an audience of one. And, and, and the one that he lived for did not want him to presume upon his love and protection, but rather to stand firm in his position of obedient victory. And that's exactly what we find Jesus doing. Once again, he spoke the words of truth. From Deuteronomy 6.16, he said, It is said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. I appreciate the perspective of Dr. John MacArthur on this point, And I want to share with you what he had to say. He says, this type of temptation is perhaps the most subtle and dangerous of the three. Because it seemingly encourages people to exercise faith in God. Do you see that? Seemingly, Satan is saying, here, prove, prove, prove the, the, the word. Show me that it works. Show me that you have faith. It, it seemingly was encouraging him to exercise faith in God in reality. It arrogantly, brazenly demands things. Taking scripture and showing you that God wants you healthy and wealthy. And if you walk with him uh, in obedience, that's the life you're going to have. But... They're taking scripture out of context. They're suggesting that if you do something a certain way, a certain formula, 
that God is then obligated to respond. And I would say to us that God will respond to every promise he has made. But when we foolishly put him to the test in a way not called for in his word, he has no obligation to respond at all. And so we come to truth point number four. That it is always God's will. It is always his will, not ours, that matters. It's not what I think or what I feel or how things are impacting me in the moment. What my heart needs to be connected to and attuned to is what does the Father want from me now? And you say, how am I going to know that? You're going to know that as you're connected to the Spirit. It is through the indwelling presence and power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God that you're going to know what God has for you. So I close with this thought. Jesus in His humanity, listen to me carefully, Jesus in his humanity did not have supernatural power within himself. In his humanity, he did not have supernatural power within himself. Jesus could operate independently in the natural realm, just like all of us can. But he could not, on his own, operate in the supernatural. And that's why, in verse 1, Luke is very careful to tell us that following Jesus' baptism, he was full of the Holy Spirit. The point that I want to make here is that in the flesh, Jesus required the indwelling presence and power of the Holy Spirit to operate in the supernatural. And we find throughout his ministry, he always is filled with the Spirit and he's operating in the power of the Spirit, not his own. Because remember, Philippians chapter 2 reminds us that when he took on flesh, he laid aside the independent as the indwelling presence and power of the Holy Spirit as well. Man, if you don't get anything out of what I've talked about here today, get something here. Christian, listen to me. The same Holy Spirit that came upon Jesus and indwelt him and gave him the resources that he needed to walk in obedience and and faithful um, uh, participation with the Father is the same Holy Spirit that comes in you and I when we become children of God. And that same Holy Spirit is there to enlighten us in the truth. He is there to hold us secure in Christ until we cross over to our glorified state. He is there to guide and direct us. He is there to empower us to live the Christ life. Now, as Jesus successfully faced down Satan's temptations, just as he did that, and maintain his standing in holiness, so can those who follow him when they surrender themselves to the Spirit of God. Now, believer, you're going to face temptation. That's not in question. You're never going to get away from that as long as you live in your body and you live here on the earth. But listen to me. You don't have to yield to the temptation. And I take us back to the passage I read at the very beginning of this message. I put it in bullet point form on the screen. No temptation. This is coming from the Word of God. No temptation has come to us except the kind that people bear. None of you are under uh, some kind of superhuman temptation. 
What you face is what I face. It's what everybody else faces. It's just run-of-the-mill general temptation. God has made sure of that. That Satan cannot do something that is so powerful that we can't overcome. And why is that? Because God is faithful. Because God is faithful. How is he faithful? He is faithful in that he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. Not just able in the flesh, but able through the spirit. And he goes on to say that he is faithful in that with the temptation, he will make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. I don't know what you face, and you really don't know what I'm facing in my life, but I'm facing temptations. I'm facing temptations that could ruin my ministry. I am facing temptations that could ruin my family. I suspect you're facing temptations like that too. Of one type or another. Those temptations are going to come and they're going to keep on coming. But what we find in this passage today is that we don't have to yield. We can stand strong. We have the indwelling presence and power of the Spirit of God. And as we are yielded to Him, He will give us everything that we need to keep walking in step with the Father. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission. On Mission.